0: Okay, where are we at here? So, uh, the Apostle Paul has been putting the emphasis on salvation by grace through faith, and thus far in our study, it appears that he is making light of the law, but he's not making light of the law, but he has to make a contrast because the people he's writing to have been informed that the law is necessary It's a necessary addition, along with faith in Christ, to be saved. Is that true or false? Correct. Uh, It is not a necessary addition to faith in Christ to be saved. Jesus paid it all. And this will not sound like, I hope this never sounds like a broken record, because for all eternity we will look back and we'll thank him That he didn't put it in our hands to save us. Because certainly when we get to glory, we'll be even more mindful of how anemic, how weak, how finite, uh, I'll use the word, how impotent we were when it comes to living righteously. I mean, I think we are aware of it to a degree here, but when we meet God, oh, we are going to be aware of it and we're going to be so grateful we put it all on him and trusted him. And so, Paul has been <clears throat> putting the emphasis on Christ and faith for salvation. That's where the emphasis always needs to be. And yet, you would have some, even in our society today, that as a result of some of this teaching, they, they would say, well, you can really disband the Old Testament I mean, there are some that would say, now that Christ has came, that's, it's not necessary anymore. I'm not saying that, but there are people that say that. you all with me? There are people out there that call themselves Christians that can say, well, really, the Old Testament's not necessary. Uh, last I read, all Scripture is given by inspiration of God. All, and it's profitable for doctrine. That means Genesis through Malachi. And reproof and correction and instruction and in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. It's all the word that is necessary. And I don't know about you, but I enjoy the Old Testament. And the reality is, now I'm going to get ahead of myself, so I, end up, I may end up repeating this. But the reality is, now that you and I know Christ, it ought to give us more light and understanding as we read the Old Testament. It really should. And so, here we go. If you're able to stand, let's go and look at verse 19. We're going to read all the way to verse 29. 19 to verse 29, I'm going to try to cover a lot of ground, but zero in on one thing. And I want to make this so simple that a 10-year-old can get it. I want Luna and Isabella to be able to understand what I have to say here this evening. Okay, verse 19. Wherefore then serveth the law? He asks the question because he's been kind of de-emphasizing it. It was added because of transgressions, till the seed should come to whom the promise was made. And it was ordained by angels in the hand of a mediator. Now, a mediator is not a mediator of one, but God is one. (coughs) Is the law then against the promises of God? (coughs) God forbid For if there had been a law given which could have given life, verily righteousness should have been by the law. But the scripture hath concluded all under sin, that the promise by faith of Jesus Christ might be given to them that believe. But before faith came, we were kept under the law, shut up, kind of like Luna and Isabella are shut up. Hey, Brooklyn, take that little box and just hold it up. Don't drop it. Can you hold up with two? Luna and Isabella are shut up in there, ladies and gentlemen. They're shut up in there. Don't let them out. Okay. Uh, Shut up unto the faith which should afterwards be revealed. Wherefore, the law was our schoolmaster to bring us unto Christ that we might be justified by faith. But after that faith has come, we're no longer under a schoolmaster. And they'll take that verse and say, see, well, I can't wait to get there. I can't wait to get to that verse. All right, so we read on. For ye are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek There is neither bond nor free, there is neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you be Christ, then are ye Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Father, we love you, thank you for your word, and Lord, may you be pleased with all that takes place. And I pray that you would look upon us and see a room with people that have a heart for you and a desire to learn your word, and may your spirit teach and illuminate And I pray that you'd guide me, direct my mouth and my mind, Lord. Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight. May you bless this time together. We are grateful for this fellowship, and we ask that you would do your work now, in Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated. Okay, so I've got the mic on. I'm ready to go there. Okay. So let's. the title of the sermon is, The Schoolmaster, The Schoolmaster. Now, uh, anybody here ever get a whipping from a teacher? Well, amen. I noticed that those who raised their hands were probably 50, 60 and over. Unless you were homeschooled. Well, uh, that word schoolmaster in verse 24, look at that real quickly. Wherefore the law was our schoolmaster, we see it again in verse 25 schoolmaster. That word schoolmaster, every now and then I like to peek into the Greek. I'm no theologian. I've only got my associate's degree. If that makes you feel any better, I don't come across like anybody that's anything. I just have more time to read and study because that's what I'm called to do. But the Greek word there is pedagogos. I have no idea if I said that correctly. I'm going to call it pedagogos. Well, I don't know. But it was a term that the Greeks used regarding a slave who was trusted to mentor a child. Think about that. That Greek word that we translated into schoolmaster was a term the Greeks used regarding a slave that was entrusted by by the... owner of the house to raise their child they trusted them to raise and train their child that's important the word means tutor guardian or teacher now the child would be delegated this pedagogos this schoolmaster He'd be delegated to the schoolmaster, and it was the responsibility of the child to stay with the schoolmaster all day long. And it was the responsibility of the schoolmaster to make sure that child stayed with him. That schoolmaster would teach him ethics. He would teach him the laws of the house, teach him what his father expected of him. That's what the schoolmaster was to do. Paul uses the term that the law was a schoolmaster. In Romans 7, he calls the law a a, uh, a groom. Now, <clears throat> but in this sense here, I want us to use this term because that's what's emphasized. Now, the reason for the law being our schoolmaster uh, is going to be presented from right here as we look at these verses. And I want to I want to speak of the law as a person, since Paul says it's a, it was a schoolmaster. So allow me to use it as a person. So in regards to the schoolmaster, we look at verse 19. What was the purpose here? Wherefore then serveth the law. It was added because of, what's the word? Transgressions. One of the duties of the schoolmaster or the law was to restrict the bad behavior of the child. That's a good thing. Most of us recognize that children need restrictions. So do adults. And so the law, God gives Moses the law. Now, humanity had been around a couple thousand years before Moses. But uh, (coughs) God gives Moses the law... He's going to distinguish his people Israel through this law. Hello? They're going to be distinguished through this law. They're supposed to. And the law should distinguish their God to the world as they obey it. And it did put a restrictor plate on them. Not completely, though, did it? It didn't keep them from every transgression. Are you hearing me? But it did have some restraining force to it. By the way, there's a reason they're removing the law of God from schools and public buildings and things like that. Are you hearing me? Because it does have a restrictive uh, uh, power to it when people see it, and people think about it, because it complies with our conscience that God gave us. Our own conscience says adultery's wrong. Our own conscience says lying is wrong. Stealing is wrong. Our own conscience agrees with that law, and it's like, uh-oh, I can't enjoy my bad behavior if I'm continually reminded. And so they remove it. But Paul says to these Galatians who, who have been bewitched is the term he used by a false doctrine claiming you need to incorporate or add the law to your life to be saved in addition to Christ. And so Paul is now talking about, he's, he's given clarity to that it's in Jesus alone, but now he's saying, but wait a minute, don't, don't throw out the law, just be, I'm thinking, don't throw out the baby with the bathwater. Uh, don't throw out the law just because you've got that clarified, that it's just because Jesus took care of it. The schoolmaster, one of his duties is to restrain rebellious behavior. Next, look at verse 19 and 20 now. I'll begin at the, be- the middle of verse 19. Well, let me read it the whole thing. Wherefore then serveth the law? It was added because of transgression transgression, till the seed, that's Jesus by the way, that's the seed he's talking about, should come to whom the promise was made. And it was the promise was made to Abraham, but it wasn't just for Isaac, it was for Jesus. Uh, And it was ordained by angels in the hand of a mediator. And so this schoolmaster was ordained. Now I want you to get this. That word ordained has the idea of uh, putting one's approval on, uh, appointing one to a particular office. The idea that uh, the schoolmaster, I trust him, and so I'm going to give him this particular responsibility. And so God gives Moses the law and says, okay... They need the law. It's time the law will restrict them. It will refrain, at least to a large degree, the evil, not just amongst them, but in the world. And I've given the law because I trust the law. I trust it. And so, uh, verse 20, now a mediator. He talks about this mediator and the idea of how it came about. And this is significant. Once again, it was ordained by an by angels in the hand of a mediator the word angel don't get too too scared about the word angel means minister it means minister second peter 121 tells us that we received the word that uh well, let me just turn over there cuz uh i want to quote it correctly second peter 121 says For the prophecy, that's the word of God, came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. Would you reckon that Moses was a minister or could be called a minister? Hello? Yeah. he Okay. And so notice the reading. Now, a mediator is not a mediator of one, but God is one. That's talking, that's Jesus. He's the mediator between God and men. Now, we go back to verse 19, and it was ordained by angels in the hand of a mediator. Well, the angels were men of God who were moved by the Holy Spirit, and they gave us Moses primarily, gave us the law, but then you had the prophets, and you had the promises. And though they wrote, and though they wrote sometimes in the first person, according to the Scripture, they were completely influenced by the Holy Ghost. It was Holy Ghost, Inc. As a matter of fact, those men who were writing, though they may have written their own experiences and wrote in the first person, uh, they were really nothing more than a pen in the hand of God. Are you with me? Okay, so the law came this way. The law has been approved. The law, the schoolmaster, refrains evil. The schoolmaster has been ordained by God. Verse 21, verse 21. Is the law then against the promises of God? God said to Abraham, I will multiply your seed as the stars of heaven, as the sand of the sea. Are they against the promises? God forbid. For if there had been a law given which could have given life, verily righteousness should have been uh, by the law. Now what's he's, what he's saying here was, he was in agreement with God. The law is in complete agreement with God's plan for our lives. the, the, word, the Genesis through Malachi was in complete agreement with all that has transpired in bringing people to the Lord Jesus Christ. There are no contradictions. Zero. All right, I got an illustration that the visual will help you see it. Now, by the way, you wouldn't have someone tutor your kids if you were not in agreement with them, or they weren't in agreement with you, would you? Would you, I mean, would you let somebody tutor your children if you know they were teaching your children something you disagreed with? Well, it's happening. It's happening. Every time they say uh, the world was created 15 billion years ago, it started with a great catastrophe. A big blast. La, da, 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 da. And they gotta believe that stuff. And they gotta write that down to get a grade. Hey, mom, dad, it's all right to speak up. It's all right to let those teachers know. Uh, I don't agree with that. Anyways, I just as a little side note, it's there, we were touching on it. I know that's heavy duty. And I know that even going to some of these secular colleges, some people have to swallow a bunch of nonsense just to get a degree so they can get a particular job. I understand that. It's a bummer. I understand that. It's a bummer. But what we have here uh, is the schoolmaster and God. Uh, They're real tight. I mean, they're like absolutely in agreement. Absolutely. I got to move on, got to move on. And then we come to verse 22 through 24. But the scripture hath concluded all under sin, that the promise by faith of Jesus Christ might be given to them that believe. But before faith came, we were kept under the law, shut up unto the faith which should afterwards be revealed. So, what did this schoolmaster do? He taught us that we were sinners. And his objective, one of his objectives was to teach us we're sinners, to put a restraining force on us, but also reveal that we're sinners. Uh, We could not change our hearts. The schoolmaster really was to help us come to the end of ourselves and acknowledge something. I need mercy. I can't meet the standard. So here we need to do this. Brother Brian, I need to borrow you, and uh, you're on the end of the row. Come on up here, Jason. You're on the end of the row there. Um, Brother Brian, will you, I need you to be the schoolmaster, and you know, the schoolmaster, and you're the pupil, if you'd sit down there for a moment. Okay, so I want us to couple ways I could do this. I'll keep everything out in the open here. Um, I want us to look again at verse 23, because I want you to catch this phrase again. But before faith came, we were kept under the law. Now, the law is called what? Two of you got it right. The law is called the schoolmaster. Right. Paul says we were shut up unto the faith, which should afterward be revealed. Uh, Jason, you're going to be uh, the Jew who's been brought up under the law, who has not heard of Christ, but you're very familiar with the law, okay? And for you, you understand that you have an obligation as a Jew to follow the law, okay? And so, but <clears throat> what I want you to do, and Brother Brian, think of it as the law will not let him leave this platform. And so uh, you need to help me with the illustration. So what I want you to do is go ahead and try to leave the platform here. Just... Because, see, we want to transgress, and the law says no, 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 no. And so he's getting it. he's getting it from the schoolmaster. You can't do that. And so maybe he wants to go try that door. And the schoolmaster, I thought you might tap him, but that's what (laughs) abuse. Uh, So, I mean, he's confined. He's confined. Not a lot of room up. Not a lot of room to roam with the law. Not much. But Paul says, we, again, he says, uh, we, we, he includes himself were kept under the law, before faith came, before the understanding that I needed to be fully reliant on Jesus Christ, before that came, all I knew was I needed to follow this law. Some Jews attempted to do so. Other Jews didn't, but they still felt the guilt of it, obviously. Some Jews attempted and failed and understood they failed. And some Jews attempted and failed and didn't see their failures. All you got to do is read about the Pharisees. They didn't see the sins of their heart. But nevertheless, they were kept under the law. Shut up unto the faith which should afterward be revealed. So there they are, stuck. And... uh, Would you be Jesus? All right. That's a good roll. It doesn't get any better than that. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. So Jesus is going to show up. And what he has to do, though, because he's shut up in the law, Jesus goes here, and he goes up into the realm of the law. Now, the thing about Jesus is he and the law get along just fine. If you two would shake hands, right hand to fellowship. You don't have to do the holy kiss, but right hand to fellowship good. It's like these two, they get along really well. Really well. And here he is. He sees this guy come in. He's getting along with him. But it seems like he's got a lot of liberties, too. And... uh but the day comes, the day comes when uh, he decides he can leave the platform, if you leave the platform here, come on down here. And it's like he can, he can leave, and then he can go back, if you want to go back up there It's like he's got all this freedom. And the Jew up there is thinking, I, I, "I'm not getting this." Nevertheless, he cannot find fault in him. He cannot find fault. As a matter of fact, if he's honest with himself, he sees his own fault. Now, we know that some of the Jews did not. Even Paul did not, until, but Paul felt it in his heart. But at Damascus Road, guess who showed up? You see, Paul was shut up until Acts chapter 9. You see, uh, the faith was not completely revealed to him Until Acts chapter nine, I mean that's where Paul gets saved. That's the great. That's when the persecutor becomes the preacher, ladies and gentlemen. I mean that that's when this uh, uh, Christian persecutor becomes this preacher of Christ at Acts chapter nine. And in Acts chapter nine, as you begin it, Paul could say that was before faith came. I was heading out to Damascus kept under the law shut up unto the faith which should after be revealed but one day he says in Acts chapter 9 Jesus came and he introduced himself to me and I fell down go ahead and fall down if you. Would. that's what we'll do when we meet Jesus and he basically says have mercy and the Lord picks him up if you Pick him up there. And the Lord begins to teach him. And if you'd escort him back out here. And after this introduction to Jesus Christ, he is no longer shut up. He's no longer shut up. He's got liberty, he's not restricted, he's free. And so now the question arises, well, what about the law? That's next. If you guys will sit down, look at the next verse. Because, listen, before you came to Christ, we were condemned by the law, under the law. Until Christ revealed himself to us, we were shut up from the faith. All we knew if we knew anything was, if there's a hell, that's where I'm going to go. Or maybe we had some other false belief, I don't know. But praise God, the glorious gospel came to us and revealed to us two powerful truths. One, we're sinners. Two, he's the only Savior. Now look at this. I must read verse 24 and 25 together. Wherefore, the law was our schoolmaster to bring us unto Christ, that we might be justified by faith. But after that faith has come, we are no longer under a schoolmaster. Now, pause. The idea here in this room was, Jason couldn't live up to the demands and the standards of Brother Brian, the schoolmaster. He couldn't do it. Somebody comes in, Matt, comes in as Jesus who can live up to the standards, who is able, who does it, and he dies. An innocent man on the cross. He's buried and he rises again, conquering death in the grave, putting an exclamation point on everything he said. And then he reveals himself to Paul. And Paul gets converted, converted. Well, with the illustration we had here. The idea was, Jason could no longer, uh, he understood, I can't live up to this man's standards. But Jesus comes in, loving, kind, with grace, yet perfect, and says, I can help you out of here. If you understand you need help. And he says, yes, I need help. So he, he receives Jesus. And he departs from the law, so to speak, in regards to his confidence in, re- in that which is going to take him to heaven. And then the reading goes on and it says, But after that, faith has come. We're no longer under a schoolmaster. So Jason has left the schoolmaster. He's left the schoolmaster. But does that mean the schoolmaster is no longer important? Does that mean we disregard the schoolmaster? When that says he is no longer under a schoolmaster, basically the visual I just showed you is what has transpired. And really, if we were to act it out again, Matt would take Jason back on up here and say it's all right. This isn't going to harm you. I and the law are good friends. This is important for you. It's not the means of your salvation. But I and the law get along just fine. It, it's a good standard for us to live by. Hello? It does identify us and distinguish us. And by the way, uh, the, just the moral uh, duty of compl- complying to the law will give you a peace of mind. But now you've got Jesus. Jesus. Who will lift you every time you failed? Who will wash you every time you confess? Not for salvation, but for fellowship. Who will not leave you or forsake you when you abandon him? I know that sounded con- like a contrast, but when we leave him, he does not leave us. And so this idea, I'm, I hope you're understanding this, but after that faith has come... We are no longer under a schoolmaster. Why? Verse 26. We've got new authority now. Verse 26. We're under new authority. You see it? For we are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. Now I'm not responsible to the law. I'm responsible to the Heavenly Father. Well, that's a better relationship. Now, I ask you this. you think the Heavenly Father will, uh, you know, like, kind of loosen up? this lying and stealing and adultery. Come on. Think he's going to loosen up? He's the one that told the schoolmaster about the laws in the first place. He wouldn't have hired the schoolmaster if they didn't agree. The boy gets delivered from the schoolmaster. Now he gets to have the relationship with the father, but he discovers when he gets the relationship with the father. Oh, we got the same rules around here. Yeah, but the good news is you're in the family now, boy. You weren't in the family before. You're in the family now. And your failures are never final. And you can get those things right. I might have to take you to the woodshed now and then. Woodshed. Uh, spanky, spanky. I might have to spank you. But I'll do, I, I won't do it with joy. No, no, no. I don't do it just because I get a kick out of watching you squeal. Oh, no. I don't do it just because you made me so angry. Because that's how some parents do. I mean, that was the same way. That's it. One more time. What? Come on. All right. Our Father corrects us when we need it. When we need it. He knows best. Well, how do you know you're really saved? Have you gotten any whippings? Well, that's better than being lost. So you think you can get away with lying, do you? The Father will correct you. You think you can get away with adultery? The Father will correct you. You think you can get away with stealing? The Father will correct you. Are you hearing me? His standards now are still household standards. But it's a matter of, all right, it's not for salvation. It's for identification. I hope I'm presenting this. I, I hope this is clear. In my brain I see it, but the words sometimes, you well, it made sense to me. It still does, even if, it, even if I haven't conveyed it. I need to finish this off here. So we are now the children of God by faith. We're not under the schoolmaster. That's, that's why we're no longer under the schoolmaster, new authority. The result is, verse 27, for as many as you (coughs) have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. Now, honest to goodness, you can take this a couple different directions, but I want to first of all say this. Baptism is an outward act of identifying what took place at faith in Christ. When you put faith in Jesus Christ, you were acknowledged as dead, buried, and resurrected with Christ. Your sins, dead, buried, and... When you got baptized, you were identifying with death, burial, and resurrection. Are you hearing me? That's, That's baptism there. And so when you do that publicly... Others, at least in the day, and it should still be in the day, oh, he's one of us. She's one of us. Paul's saying this because there's a division between the Jews and the Greeks, Christians. And he's wanting them to know, uh-uh, you're all in the same family. You're Okay. I just need somebody to nod their head. If you're not getting it, just say... can. Raise your hand and do over. All right. For as many as of you as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither bond nor free. There is neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ. What is what's that all about? Well, the reason the male and females mentioned there is because men had more privileges in the day. It's just the fact, ladies. I'm sorry. Christianity has brought about a lot of women's rights and liberties. I'm just telling you that. And the fact of the matter is, though, before that, they did not have the privileges that men had. I believe Paul emphasizes that. He wants them to know, listen, there's there's wonderful liberty and freedom in Christ, but not the kind of freedom you think in the sense of, I can do whatever I want. And we'll get to that later. He concludes verse 29. I've got one minute. And if ye be Christ, then are ye Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Way back in Genesis when God told Abraham, Abraham, I'm going to make your seed to number like the stars of the sky, if you can count them. I'm going to make them to number like the sand by the sea, if you can count it. Huh? Really? Well, guess what? If you have asked Christ to be your Savior, you're part of that seed. I'm part of that seed. That's it. We've not disbanded the law. We've not ignored it. We're not throwing it out. No, 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 no. But it served its purpose in regards to salvation. It had a purpose there. All right. It's still household rules. Lord, bless the service. Thank you for the Word of God. I pray that everybody here would understand what has been spoken. and I pray, Father, that... You'd help us as uh, parents, guardians, help us, Lord God, as students, as pupils, uh, as uh, uh, people who are under authority. We're grateful for the grace you've given us. We're grateful for your mercy. We pray, Father, tonight you'd bless your people. With our heads bowed and eyes closed real quickly, maybe there's somebody here who'd say, Preacher... I don't know that I'm even saved, but I'd like to be. Pray for me. If you lift your hand, I'll pray for you. Anybody like that? All right. Lord, bless the invitation. In Jesus' name, amen. Brother Brian.